shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey, hey, what is going on, Human Hope fam? This is episode 68 of the Human Hope Podcast. It is Thursday, July 21st. I'm your host, Carlos Enrique Whitaker, and I got one question for you. Y'all ready for this? Come on, feel it. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Hopefully, you guys are feeling the love, feeling the vibe. I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling you, you, I love you. And I'm grateful that you're here. And I'm grateful that you're here because today's episode is going to redefine. Well, I love redefinition. You know, as humans, I feel like we, I mean, we talk about human hope, right? We're human hope. I feel like as humans, we don't redefine enough. And I'm not saying like redefine like your values or like your, um, like those, I'm talking, well, I mean, you can redefine those too if you want, but I'm talking about like this. Like redefining, like like our bodies are constantly like reproducing cells, right? Like like I think I heard somebody say like every couple of years we're a completely new human because everything's been re- redone. I think it's okay every once in a while to like like redo some definitions on things we've been stuck on for so long. I'm all for redefining. I'm all for continuing to grow. I'm all for exploring and being curious. Because when you do those things, it breeds empathy. Um, okay, listen, I didn't, I didn't mean to start preaching right at the beginning because I got somebody that's coming on the show to deliver to us uh, some of that good wisdom, some of that wisdom. And his name is Tim Schur. <laughs> you know, I've never been able to say Tim's last name. I've known Tim for over a decade uh, and it's spelled S-C-H-U-R-R-E-R. Is that... Sure. Is that sure? Is that sure? I mean, I don't know. But Tim is on the podcast today uh, and he's going to help us redefine what success looks like. But before we get to that conversation, I just want to say that uh, I would love for you, whenever you're listening to this, um, especially if it is near the release of this podcast in real time, I mean, you could be listening to this podcast in 10 years. Who knows how long podcasts will even be a thing or if like computers and I phones will even exist in 10 years don't you think sometimes maybe like like the generation that's rising is going to be like eh, like like these phones and all of this stuff you're listening to is basically worse than nicotine uh, i'm waiting for somebody to tell me that so that i'll have a little bit more free time <laughs> but um i wanted to ask if you guys could please pray for our dear friend tony um tony the piano guy is hurting he's in the hospital and he's been fighting a, a health battle for a long time. I mean, his kidney, he's been fighting with his kidneys uh, for a long time. But n- right now he's back in the hospital in, in ICU. And we, I'm just asking for prayers for a miracle for Tony. So if you guys wouldn't mind, 
uh, praying very specifically for Tony um, and just that his body will come back into order. That's what I'm praying. I've uh, been back from Southern California for uh, a few days now and am slowly getting ready to leave again. Uh, but this time for 33 days. Now, some people are actually angry that I'm not like spilling the beans as to exactly what I'm doing. A, well, it's because I can't, but B, I'm, I'm at least telling you because I love you. And, and we're, we, we hang out every day. Well, I mean, those of you that just listen to the podcast don't hang out every day with me, but those of you in the Insta familia, we hang out every day. And like, I'd be mad if like my daughter just disappeared for 34 days or my, my mom just disappeared and didn't say, Hey, I'm leaving, but I'll be back. Um, and, uh, I, I may not, I may not be on the Instagram. We'll see. Um, but I'm doing something for me and for you. Whoa. Whoa. That's some, that's some secret sauce, right? Uh, so anyway, I, I uh, am actually getting a bunch of podcasts ready for my time away um, that will roll out. So magically, I will still be here on the podcast every single week. And magically, we'll be able to keep talking. Although I won't be talking um, because I'm going to be doing something really important. So... Uh, how's that for um, like annoyingly vague? <laughs> um, but I am going to on um, Tuesday kind of unpack it a little bit on Instagram. So if you want to get the full unpacked idea of what's happening, then head over to my Instagram account at Lowswit and we'll be talking about it um, before I take off for a minute. So um, enough about that. Let's get into some redefining. How about it? Let's get into, um, I, you know, I worked in church culture for a long time and there was always this, this idea that like the senior pastor was like the CEO and like the most important thing. Right. And and, and, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of circumstances and situations, like they're the spiritual overseers. So they, you know, have a lot of responsibility, obviously, but there was this unspokenness that like, if you, if you're just working as the right hand guy or girl, then your um, then success hasn't been reached unless you become the number one, unless you become the one in the spotlight, unless you become that one. And I know there's actually very few individuals that are called to be behind the mic and on the spotlight and in the spotlight. There, there, there really are very few individuals. Um, most people are, are called to do other things, right? And some people are called to just support those in the spotlight, those that get the spotlight, those that get the microphone, those that get all the eyes on them. But those that get all the eyes on them and that are in the spotlight and behind the mic could never do what they're doing without the person that's supporting them. And those people are incredibly gifted um, at what they do. And those are the individuals that I want to talk to today. I want to talk to those that are somehow supporting someone else's vision and I want to redefine what success looks like for you. Now, luckily, I don't have to do it. Luckily, my friend Tim Scherer is going to do that for us. Um, Tim has written, written, <laughs> Tim has written a book called The Secret Society of Success. I'm going to let him explain what that title means. But the subtitle is this. Stop chasing the spotlight and learn to enjoy your work and life again. Now, I met Tim over a decade ago when Don Miller invited me to Bob Goff's cabin, I mean, I'm having a problem communicating and saying syllables today. Sorry about that. Um, he invited me to Bob's cabin with a bunch of other brand new friends and I became a friend of Tim and I've watched Tim basically build alongside Don, Don's incredible story brand business. Um, but Tim did all the hiring. Tim did, Tim did all the, Tim did it. Tim, I mean, Don will definitely say Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim's Tim built this thing. Now, of course, Don built it too, but he could have never done it without Tim. So 
Tim has now taken it upon himself to start helping people realize that, you know what? That actually is success. He didn't actually have to become Don Miller, Donald Miller. Don, are you like fancier now? Do we call you Donald or Don? I don't know. Um, in order to find success. And so today uh, he's going he's gonna to do that for us. I'm, I'm going to read to you really quickly uh, just so that I can hook you, right? Um, this is what it says. There's a message getting a lot of airtime these days. It says to be successful, you have to step into the spotlight, climb the ladder, become the boss or chase whatever version of success that's been dangled in front of you. But what if there's another way? What if fame, money and power aren't all that we should be chasing? In the Secret Society of Success, Tim Scherer invites you to reevaluate your definition of success and learn a new, freer way to go about achieving it. Ah, I got you, right? You're like, okay, stop talking, Carlitos. Um, Let's let Tim carry the conversation. So, friends, this is a good one. Take some notes. Get inspired. Redefine success. Here's our conversation with my great friend, Tim Schur. Uh, Human Hope Familia, I am here with my friend, Tim Schur. Tim, (laughs) say what's going on to the Human Hope fam. Man, I'm so pumped to be hanging with you. When I look at you in the face, even on a screen, I just light up my uh, face gets you know mirrors yours is, is exactly yes. what happens we we so. both are our, our mouths are hanging wide open with joyful infectious <laughs> smiles because we're so happy to see each other i um well well first let, let's just start off from jump street first first of all like we had scheduled this um for tomorrow and i thought it was today and he just texted you a few minutes ago and you're like, sure, I can do it today. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I've got nothing better to do with my time than Carlos just taking up all of my uh, schedule. And so thank you for hopping on here. Of course. Second. Of course. I, um, last time I saw you was, uh, I want to say a little over a month ago um, at our good friend Don's um, Goose, what's it called? Goose Hill. Yeah, the Goose Hill. I was going to say Goose Creek, but I don't think there's a creek running through it. Uh, Goose Hill. And uh, Don is uh, just a dear friend of both of ours. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are connected through Don. Um, and before I hop into all the questions I have for you about, about your current state and current message, I would love to rewind because I think, I think that the Human Hope listeners uh, actually are interested in connections and how I connect with people and yeah. how our lives intersected uh, and, and, and our lives intersected a long time ago. Um, and so let's go back. Let's rewind to, uh, to when we first intersected together. And I want you to tell me what you were doing. And then I want to tell everybody what I was doing. Like the moment that, I mean, that like I mean, what we were doing in our lives, like yes, professionally and things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could tell me the yeah. moment or who knows. You know? Yeah. So I spent the last 10 years working as the right hand to Donald Miller and yeah. truly the opportunity of a lifetime. The guy is incredible. And I have so many fun stories. It's so amazing to just see how that thing grew into what it is now. At the very beginning, it was Don and I doing our thing and yes. he's writing books and speaking and, and, and all of that. And then I just stepped in to help out in whatever way that I possibly could. And, you know, you fast forward now to what I stepped away from in February and it's a 30 person company grown to a, a pretty large business. And we just got to, I heard the, the CEO of Spotify say once the value of a business is the sum of all problems solved. Huh. And so what we did for 10 years is we just solved problem after problem and challenge after challenge as you try to chase down big ideas and uh, hopefully help and inspire a lot of people to improve their lives and their businesses and all that. So that is what I was doing at that time working alongside Don. And I I remember, you know, when Don um, had had even said, yeah, I got this guy named Tim, but he's helping me out with some stuff. And it's so funny because I, I can even remember him saying that he's helping me out with some stuff and just how he's helping me out with some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like if you could only, you know, again, accelerate a decade and say, well, you're right, Don, there was some stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, a lot of great right hand people are just amazing utility players. Yeah. And I don't know much of what I'm an expert at, but I'm 
good enough at a lot of things. And yeah. that just happened to be really, really helpful is whatever problem or whatever <laughs> thing we had to you know chase down, I can flex and you know yeah. ad- adapt into that little thing, go tackle the problem, yeah. go put a process around it and then build the team and scale around that to yeah. improve everything that we were doing. Dude, so good. And you know, in that season, I was like a brand new author. Like I was, tr- I was just transitioning from being like worship leader, musician, Carlos into like, Hey guys, I, th- I think I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and, uh, and I just remember Don was like the biggest champion and cheerleader for me. Like yeah. just, just like you can do this, Carlos. Like you have a blog. I don't even know if people know what a blog is uh, that are listening to this anymore, <laughs> but Don would encourage me. He's like, dude, there's more than your mom that's reading your blog. Like there's people that want to, um, you know, learn about what, what you're thinking and you're a thought leader, not just a worship leader. And, you know, I just had, it was just, um, in that season of life, I was, I was such a, uh, I just was a magnet to anything that I could get my hands on. And, you know, just you and Don and, you know, Don invited me. Um, I, we went to Bob's, um, lodge with, uh, th- this group that I don't know how many trips you'd gone on before that one, but it was, if I think back, you know, it was a bunch of like, I mean, I guess at the time I was like 35 maybe or 36 and it was like Shauna Nequist, Cameron Strang, me, Scott, Brian Canlis. Yes. Brian Canlis, Scott Hamilton, um, Scott Hamilton, Tracy. Um, it was, yeah, just, just the most random eclectic group of people that ended up going on this trip, trip and it just, it really secured and um, cemented a lot of things for me. I think I decided on that trip. I was like, yeah, you know, I think I could do this. Like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be this thought leader thing that Don says I'm good at. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, a lot of things shifted for me in that. Weekend. That, that whole group and the people that I love spending time with, it's a bunch of creators. Yeah. So whether yeah. you're running a business, running a nonprofit, uh, writer, you know, author, writer, or a yeah. musician, I just love being around people that create. There's just something that comes alive in me when yeah. we're talking about ideas and possibilities. And yeah. I just feel like so much of that group in our time together, it's, that's the kind of environment that it was. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. It was, uh, if you guys probably heard my dogs barking just a second ago as, as Sohela came flying through the door, this is, this is human hope, man. This is kind of how it is, <laughs> live and on the fly. No big deal. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bill? Um, okay. So, you know, there I was in that season and now, you know, I, I look at what, um, what I'm doing and I look at how necessary it has been for me to make sure that I've got people around me, like you said, that are kind of Swiss army knives of, of, of everything for a guy like me. That is, you know, I just, I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm a dreamer. I love to dream of big things. And Heather and I have always said that we've always said this. We're, we've always said you need to find a Tim, Carlos. Like if you can just find <laughs> a Tim, and like honestly, that's been like a decades phrase for us. And I, I, I found a couple. I, I found maybe a T. I found maybe a I am. I haven't found the complete solution of a Tim yet. I'm on my way. But the reason why I say that is because you, you're right. Like you have this this gift and this skill set to be able to come alongside somebody and really support their, not only support their vision, but like actually build their vision. Um, and, and so th- let's start here. Um, before we even get into your book, le- I, I, want, I want the ethos of, of kind of your message in this season to come across based on what I have seen in you, where I feel like a lot of people don't look at helping or being a right-hand person, or they don't look at that as being a hundred percent successful. There's this, um, I I feel like like, an asterisk. Yes. It's like, there's this imaginary, not imaginary. We've, we've, we've made it in America. We've turned it into like, if you are not CEO, if you are not running the thing, 
then there's more there there there's more that you've got to get to. There's mm-hmm. another rung on the ladder. What you're what you're saying is no. Like what 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 if that is what you're supposed? What if that is the calling? Talk to those people that are listening right now to give them the big idea behind this message. What if to be successful, <laughs> it doesn't actually mean you changing anything about your current life? What if it's just a change in mindset? Wow. Because I've met so many people as I was writing my book, and you've interacted with so many people in that process. An editor, for example. Right. For people to look at a profession, someone like an editor, they say, well, for you to be successful, you need to be an author with your name on the front cover of the book. Right. And then I talk to these editors who love editing and they say, but what if I just want to be an editor? What if I'm exceptional at being an editor? You're telling me that all is lost. (laughs) Like this (laughs) is it for me. I'm just going to be a failure. And I just don't believe it. And I don't think anybody else does either. And yet the messages that we are hearing and the messages that are making its way out into the public ethos is that that is the only way to be successful. And so my goal in writing this book is, but what if it's not? Right. What if you come to find another way to define success that isn't money, fame, and power? So if it's not those things, Uh what is it? Yeah. And so I've discovered this group of people I call the Secret Society of Success that have just taught me to define success a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's define it a little bit differently. Let's let's start getting a little bit practical. People that are um that are hearing this and going like, oh my gosh, like I have never heard anybody give me permission to love being an editor and not an author, to love being um, somebody that is really great at hospitality and not the one that is on the stage, but the one filling the tables with flowers and and, and cooking the meal for the people to eat while they pay attention to somebody behind a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like how did you discover um and when was it that you made this realization that hey you know this this is my dream this is yeah. what i'm good at like when did when did you make that realization i wanted to be the next john mayer yeah when, when i was in college i started writing songs and that to me became my goal i okay. wanted to like have my name in lights yeah. just singing in front of so many people like that yeah. was the goal and The journey for me in that was a whole lot of trying, but it was really just what felt to me like demanding attention. Mm. I was just like, pay attention to me. And I didn't have this language for it at the time, but now I call this the spotlight mindset, which I just define as this unhealthy desire for attention and recognition. And as I think about the thing that will keep us from living lives that feel meaningful and um, impactful, I think what keeps us from that is the spotlight mindset, that yeah. that headspace, that mode where we're always saying, pay attention to me, Yeah, right? Like I too can be great and excellent. Um, and so really what shifted for me was this pursuit in trying to be in the spotlight, trying to be the next John Mayer, I actually started to find some discontent, dissatisfaction in that journey. And, you know, long story short, I started shifting into roles more and more behind the scenes. And what's so interesting is the further I got behind the scenes, yeah, the more content and fulfilled I actually started to feel. Yeah. And so that's interesting, right? Yeah. Because if, wait, the thing that I want, which is to have a career that feels meaningful and impactful if I was getting that by stepping further and fur- further from the spotlight, then maybe huh. that's not the thing that's going to give it to me. And, and let, me, let me say this, actually, because I do not want people to misunderstand me saying the spotlight is not the problem. Sure. The, the, the CEO is not the problem. That's so the good. The problem is my intention. And yes. so many examples of people that I've been inspired by and so many of the stories I tell in the book are the Tim Cooks, you know, CEO of Apple, LeBron Absolutely. James, like some of these people couldn't be more in the spotlight. 
But it's not about your position or the amount of visibility you have in your, it's more about your headspace and how you show up. And if there is a common denominator for what it looks like to be in the secret society, it's this idea of helping others win. Yeah. Serving other people. Yeah. And and not making it so much about us. And so that to me is the journey that I've been on is, is realizing that the more that I helped other people win, uh-huh. the more success I ended up finding in my own life and in my own journey, it just, I got there a very different path than I originally yeah. had set out for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Okay. So I want you to, I'm going to ask you to take it a little deeper, very specifically in that, because you told the story at your book release uh, of, of you going on tour with Steve Mokler. And, and I, when you told that story, I would, my mouth was hanging open the whole time because, because what I want people to get out of this story that you're about to tell is, is that like, you actually were gifted in like, like you could sing, you could write music, you could um, play the guitar, you could, you could, you know, have a couple people show up to hear you do some things. And so I want you to tell us just a bit, really quickly, just about uh, that yeah. tour and how, and kind of where he's at now and where, and, and kind of what you're doing and just a little bit of that. Cause it was, it was such a good story. So I moved to Nashville to go to Belmont university. I just felt like that was going to be a good step in my journey to, yeah. you know, chase down this dream of being a musician. Yeah. And I keep hearing about this guy, Steve Mokler. Yeah. And Steve is incredibly talented, has been for years. <laughs> and everyone was talking about him like he was going to be the next John Mayer, which was impossible because, because I was going to be the next <laughs> John Mayer. <laughs> and so I figured after so long of me just denying my enjoyment of this music, I finally right. was just, okay. I realized it, this is so good. I admitted, these are just great. So Figured if I can't beat him, I might as well join him. Let's see yeah. if I can't get this guy to go on a tour with me and yeah. really expose his fans to my music. Right. So we got on this show and he's selling three to four times as much merchandise as I am every night. People are singing along to his songs. And there's just this moment where I'm sitting in the car on the way to Chicago, just very conflicted because mm. here I was out here on a, on the tour that I thought was really going to, you know, yeah. turn the ship for me. And I just found myself more and more and more unhappy because I was just caught in comparison. Wow. And, and I just, that I, I was reading a book at the time and this line hit me just right in the gut. And it, and it, it was this, are you demanding or attracting attention? Wow. And I just realized in that moment, all that I had been doing was me just demanding attention. And so I started at that moment really dreaming and thinking, if I am not going to be the guy standing on the stage, what could I do that mm. you know maybe could keep me connected in music, but has me doing something where I just don't feel like I'm having to yeah. you know, demand attention as yeah. much as I was. What did I say? Tim Shirt coming in hot. Um, he, what did I say? Get to the hijo. What, what, what did I say? Tim is redefining success for us. And the backside of this interview is going to put handlebars on a lot of the questions that may be brewing in your mind. Speaking of people helping you find success and redefine success, I'm grateful for a partner that does exactly that. And that partner is Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where me, Carlos, and you, Human Help listener, can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help us do it all. So what do we need to do? What I want you to do is, again, understand Understand that over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches the job description, right? So like they do it for you. One of the things I love about Indeed is it literally makes hiring all in one place so easy. No other job site takes care of you like Indeed because with Indeed, you only have to pay if an applicant meets your must-have requirements. I have hired two contractors through Indeed and I love the way that they do it. So remember, Indeed is doing something that no other job site has done. They will only have you pay for quality applications that match the sponsored job description. So 
What do you need to do? Visit indeed.com slash human hope. That's right. You right now, you can find somebody if you go to indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. It, I, I just, uh, I, I just, it was, it was such a stark. I mean, and you're, you're so, I mean, you're just so funny when you talk about your John Mayer, you know, aspirations, because I feel like we all have John Mayer aspirations in some way, shape or form it may not be music, but you know, we all have, uh, especially those of us that, um, uh, yeah, that way. I mean, I had John Mayer aspirations. It may not have been John Mayer for me. Um, who was it for me? I don't, I don't know. I think I wanted to be like the black Jack Johnson or something, but yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely, I had a, I had one too many coffee shop experiences where that just didn't happen. Um, and, um, um, all, all that to say, you know, for the listener, I, I just think it's so important for you to listen to that inner voice, to listen to your gut uh, and and know when like, you know what, M- maybe maybe I'm going to listen to this. And and especially when that comparison thing starts to creep in and when yeah. that's the voice that gets louder, you know, I just I just feel like you're really good at helping us with that. Um, talk to us some talk to us a little bit about. Okay, so so there's people that are in companies that are listening to this, and none of them will ever be the CEO. They're they're on a team together. Um, yeah. c- c- can this secret society of success mindset really help people that are working alongside other people on teams, or maybe you know in parallel positions as they're trying to come together to support? Uh, maybe a bigger vision that wasn't their vision. Talk to us maybe about some of the team dynamics of this. Yeah. So one of my favorite memories from StoryBrand was about 10 days after a book comes out is the moment when you find out if you hit any of these bestsellers lists. And this was in 2015. Don had just come out with a book called Stary Close. He gets off the phone with the publisher at the office and we knew this was the call that he'd find out. And so he hangs up lifts his hands in the air and says, we hit number five on the New York Times. And it was, everyone high-fived, we hugged. I mean, it was yeah. a really fun moment. But then something really beautiful happened. We all went back to work. Huh. And a lot of people would hear me talk about that and think that we're dysfunctional, that we don't yeah. know how to celebrate big wins. I mean, this is a huge moment. But what I love about that is we had created a culture, a team where success was not these markers of these accolades, success was in showing up and doing the work. Yeah. And so for so many of us, how we define success impacts our actions. Uh Uh-huh. And what we really wanted to do was have a clear view of success, which for us, success was about the process. Okay. Not the result. And so many people look at success as, okay, when I finally get that job that I've always been striving for like that's when i will be successful and i don't know if it's as much about the journey or if it's as much about the destination it's truly more about the journey who you're becoming along the way and so what i try to think a lot more about these days is what is the journey because that i think is really where the good stuff is yeah because if we put all of our hope and all of our you know satisfaction on achieving that title, Uh that next position, my concern is that you get there and your actual, your fulfillment is not going to, you're you're not going to feel any different than you do today. Right. So it's more about that journey, that process. How can we start to define success a little bit more like that? So in the process and it, what what are, what are some you know, because there, there's people like me that that can hear that and be very, um, uh, hold that, hold that with with open hands and be like, you know, Tim, you're right, man. It's the journey. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm feeling it. It. it Carlos yeah, is a yeah. feeler. <laughs> Carlos is like, yeah, man, the journey. But then, then there's people that aren't like Carlos that are that are hearing you going like, okay, Tim. I mean, that that's great. But can you give me some um, some markers on the journey that? maybe are some things that that should be defining success on the journey for me. I mean, are there are there even like markers while you're on the journey that you can say like you see like the journey was a part of success. I mean, th- but there are there are people that maybe want some markers. Are there markers? Yeah. So, when I was at Storybrand hired every single employee 
And okay. one day an application came through and on this person's resume, they had one of my favorite companies listed. And I couldn't wait to talk to them and find out what it was like to work at this company. Oh, yeah. And so we get into the first interview and I'm like, okay, tell me everything. And <laughs> they said something that I'll never forget. They said, you know, it's a really competitive environment, but here's the deal. Nobody there has your back. Huh. And I'm like, what do you wow. mean nobody there has your back? And they went on to describe at this company, everyone was so interested in their own journey, their own climb, yeah. that they would never do anything that looked like recognizing somebody else or um, you know, giving anybody credit or even being a part of someone else's project unless it had something to do with serving their own agenda. Wow. And so I think that for us, one of these markers, something that we can be looking for on our way uh-huh. to you know, enjoy the journey a little bit more is when we can actually learn to be competitive with one another versus against one another. Are we showing up as a team oh. or are we actually just setting ourselves up where we're competing against the person who sits in the cubicle next to us? Yeah. And there's this idea of you know success being all about the assist. What if you were more interested in showing up and maybe contributing to somebody else, even if it had nothing to do with helping and serving your own agenda? What if you actually just set up to help somebody else win? Yes. Period. Yeah. Like, just help somebody else when they need help. Like what yeah. would that do to the team? What would yeah. that do to the culture? And I feel like if that person that I was, you know, hearing them describe their company culture, what had happened is just over time, they're they're just making decision after decision where it's, you know, very self-serving and it's all about them and their own promotion and climb and journey. And so yeah, I think a really simple thing that we can do is today. What if you just tried to help somebody else win? That's you know, that's I, good. I feel like you're going to help yourself uh, have a more enjoyable journey for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, and I love that. You know, thinking and looking for other people, and I, I like how you said um, uh, competing with as opposed to against. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that just it's a it's a simple word shift, but it does change everything. You're on the same um, team, right? Right. It's like compete with each other. Let's go chat, tackle this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is, I mean, is there a problem with wanting recognition? Like, is, is that, is that something that, you know, is, is a negative thing or is it okay to want recognition? You know, I think that what starts to become problematic is an unhealthy desire for it. I think to want to be seen and valued and recognized, it's just part of being human. Like we want to know that we matter. But I think what happens is when maybe we aren't getting the recognition that we feel like we deserve, or, you know, when those thoughts come into your mind uh, where, you know, you're not feeling valued or seen at your company and you start to think about how screwed the company would be without you. Ah. That that can lead you down a pretty slippery slope. Like, yeah. oh man, if they only knew all they contributed, like they would be so screwed without me. That's you know? right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's when it can start to be a little bit problematic. But to create something, to be proud of it, like that's that's just a part of who we are, how we're wired. And I, I just interviewed Al Andrews on my podcast and we were talking about this exact thing. And he said, I feel like, even go back to the very, very beginning in Genesis, God created all these things and he said, it is good. And almost to say there is something in us from the very beginning, how we are wired is to create and want to look at something and say, isn't this great? You know, you have a four-year-old kid who is not thinking of, you know, trying to get in the spotlight, but they come to you with this picture and say, daddy, look. Yes. And I think that's us at our purest is creating and posting on social media or creating something and just wanting to share. There is something so human about that. But when it starts to get to the, you know, perpetual checking to see how many likes and then comparing your likes against other people's likes, that's where it starts to really get to an unhealthy version of it. Yeah. Oh man, that is, I need everyone to remember that. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that is key. Um, one of the things that you talk about, um, even on your podcast and in your book are just some stories of, of people like you, some stories of people in this secret society. Um, and 
I love to, I, I, I heard the story of, I, I think it was the, the, the moon mission. Yeah, is, Apollo is 11. Apollo 11. Um, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share that because I, I love who was in the, the, the story of the secret society member that was on yeah, that mission. Yeah. And then I'd like you to surprise me with an, with with another one. Like I, I just love to learn about who's in the secret society. Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be the guy that started the inflatable business in my front yard, and there was some guy that taught him how to do it. You know, like so. Give us give us two stories. Give us one because yeah. I want everyone to hear the Apollo story. But then give me give me one that I haven't. Yeah, heard. and I think the more that we share some of these stories, I think people will start to see people in the secret society around them everywhere. Yeah. They're like, oh. Total oh, secret society person. Remember, you know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm more aware now and I'm spotting them everywhere. So I a lot it. of people know Apollo 11, you know, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, everybody yeah. knows that. But a yeah. lot of people don't know there was actually a third astronaut on that mission. And his name was Michael Collins. So Michael Collins ubers Neil and Buzz to the moon. Like he drops yes. them off and then those guys do all the things they have to do on the moon surface he actually stays back in the command module and orbits the moon something like 26 times, just waiting for these guys to do their thing. Yeah. He then, you know, they all connect back. He takes them back to earth. And what I love about this story is when he actually, Michael Collins, when he sits down with the press, he talks about how content he was to have had one of those three seats which is actually quite remarkable because imagine you're Michael Collins. Oh, sure. You'd probably be a little pissed that you didn't walk on the moon. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> like, you, I came all this way and I didn't walk on the moon, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that there is this cultural definition of success that says to be successful, to be happy, you have to walk on the moon. Wow. And what I love about Michael Collins' approach, his headspace, how he shows up is, Here's a guy who's operating at the highest level. He is one of the three people chosen to go on this mission. Yeah. He just didn't walk on the moon and he was content playing the role that he played. And so I just hope that that story can be inspiring for all of us to say, what if success looks like me playing my role wow. and doing it with excellence? Yes. This is not to say, don't be ambitious, don't chase excellence. Like, right. no, 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 no. He was excellent at <laughs> the thing that he did or else those guys don't make it back to earth. The pressure even that had to have been on his shoulders, you know, like I, I think you mentioned, I think you mentioned that like he was on the backside of the moon yes. when- when everyone on planet earth heard those famous words and he was the only one that did it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you've got a guy who loses all connectivity to um, Houston and everything when he's orbiting the moon, but he just stayed focused on doing his part. Didn't get head faked and sidetracked and who would see him and recognize him and notice yeah. that he's just doing his role. And I just think that that headspace is so great. Okay. So another one of my favorite stories is um, Tim Cook. Okay. So Tim Cook, we all know, is the CEO of Apple. Yep. Um, but before that, he was COO under Steve Jobs. Imagine being someone like that, where you're just in the shadow of someone like Steve Jobs. I mean, I mean Steve's getting all the credit, he's getting all the you know, recognition, all that. But Tim is able to, you know, take over as CEO. And at the release of the Apple Watch, um, they just made this big announcement and then Tim's being interviewed on national television and the guy asking him uh, these questions says, is this the moment for you, the moment of your career at Apple? And I think for a lot of us, we would want to take that moment as a, a, an opportunity to let people know how much we have done to help make Apple successful. And like, hey guys, I, I know that maybe I'm just showing up in your you know radar right now, but I've been around for a while. Yeah. You know, like I've actually... <laughs> helped run this place for a long time. But what I love is, again, how he responds in this moment. He says, well, it's a moment for Apple. I don't wow. really think about myself that much. Wow. And in his response reminds me of this quote in a, on a plaque that sat on Ronald Reagan's desk when he's president. And it says, there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. Wow. So what if success looks like doing your part and not worrying about if you get the credit and, and 
feeling so confident in your contribution that you didn't need to let everybody know all that you've done. You're just content having done the work. And in fact, use a moment like that, like Tim Cook had to even give credit and recognition to other people. So when I hear of Michael Collins, somebody who most people have never heard of, but then also I hear about Tim Cook, who's very much in the spotlight, both people just show me a picture of what success can look like. Yes. Michael Collins shows me you can be successful doing your part, playing your role. Tim Cook shows me you can be successful in giving credit away to other people. So success, I think, looks so many different ways and, and we can define it in so many different ways than just fame, money, and power. Because what yeah. inspires me about those stories had nothing to do with how much money those guys made. Absolutely. It's just how they show up. Yeah. Well, and, and, what, and what I love, uh, what I just... I love the um, the continuation of growth. Like just because you're a member of the Secret Society of Success for a season supporting somebody does not mean that you have canceled any opportunity to have your own platform. And yeah. to I mean, because I mean, look at what you're doing now. So like yeah, yeah. for a long time, you were you were Don's right hand guy. Now you've got your own book. You're speaking. You've got a podcast. Yeah. And that doesn't cancel your membership. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? But but yeah. but growth, um, and and not even growth. I don't want people to to think that, um, in order to grow, quote unquote, you've got to have your own thing with a microphone in front of you. But there there is opportunity for anybody, uh, to to pour into and to um, you know, like you're just creating useful content for people that's yeah. really helpful. So. Don't shortchange yourself, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, and Andy Stanley, I love him. He's one of my favorite communicators. I heard him talk at this conference about how do we show up, find our purpose, right? Like live these meaningful and impactful lives. Yeah. And in this culture that is so self-focused, he says, there's a question we need to ask ourselves and it's this, who am I here for? Yeah. And what I love about that question is, who am I here for allows us to show up and bring our gifts, our skills, our talents, our abilities, everything, but it has us in a headspace where we're actually thinking of somebody else. Yes. And so funny. whether you're in a supporting role, I mean, I, I actually was talking to the executive assistant for Becca Stevens, okay, who is the founder of Thistle Farms, Thistle Farms. an incredible organization. And Becca's assistant said, who am I here for? Like I show up to make Becca as impactful as she possibly can be. Yeah. She clears her schedule, like manages her calendar and all of the things she does behind the scenes to make Becca great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I also feel like if leaders, people who have crazy amount of employees, what if leaders, CEOs of companies actually showed up with this, who am I here for approach? Yeah they're going to have their antenna up for how they can come alongside their team members or their customers. And I think if more of us just showed up thinking, who am I here for? Yeah. I think it, it's a, a really good question to ask ourselves and, and can bring a whole lot of clarity in why it is that we show up every day. Who are we here for? That's, That's it. That's it. Man, like, that you're, is as you think about all this, you're hosting this podcast. Who are you here for? Exactly. All of, you're trying to bring people to share valuable insights. Yes. For everyone who listens. Yep. That's who Absolutely. you're here for. You know. So, and and the same is true for me. I'm trying to share as much as I can to be as helpful as I can to help the person listening through maybe a struggle that they're going through today. Yeah. Hopefully, you and I's conversation can help them on that journey. It's, you know, it's not hopeful. It, it definitely happened. You know, it's, it's so good. And uh, Tim, you're just, man, I, I, I literally can't stop smiling as I, not only I could close my eyes and just hearing you um, and, and just where you're at. I, I guess, and I'm also, I'm just a proud friend. I just love to brag on my friends and I'm just, I'm so proud of, uh, of this, this slice um, that you have found in culture uh, and how you're speaking into it so profoundly. It is, um, it's, it's going to be, life-shifting for a lot of people. Man, thank you. If there's yeah. been a North Star for me, it's this quote, and I love this quote from Albert Schweitzer. He says, I don't know what your destiny will be, 
Perhaps some of you will occupy remarkable positions. Perhaps some of you will become famous by your pens or as artists. But I know one thing, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Wow. And as I think about what I want to do, like how I want to show up in my life and career, it's that. Yeah. Like may we be people who can say that, yes. that we just show up to help other people win. And I feel like if we do that, like the rest is going to take care of itself. Like we wow. can find success exactly where we are today. Yes, it's so good. You should have your own podcast or something. <laughs> oh, wait, don't you don't you have a podcast? I do. It's called yeah. Build a Winning Team. Yes, that's so good. Um, well, I um, everyone needs to go listen to the podcast. Everybody needs to order the book. And um, where, where can people find you? So if you go to secretsocietybook.com, it has... Okay all of the social links and the book links that, you know, that's probably is because my name's just too hard to spell. Sure. So yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, literally I still, can, I, it's a decade and I still can't spell your last name. So I, I appreciate it. Um, well, man, I love you, buddy. Thanks so much for hanging out on human hope. Dude. Love you. Thanks for having me. Okay. We did it. Thank you, Tim. Ah, so good. Redefine what success looks like and join the secret society of success. What's my question? Y'all ready to join it? Come on, let's go. That's right. Hey, please go pick up the secret society of success. Go subscribe to Tim's podcast. He's got some of the most incredible guests and he's, again, he's helping people rediscover joy in their work again. How's that all my business people out there? Don't tell me I don't ever do nothing for you. I mean, here I am bringing you like the legit stuff, the business stuff. Um, Next week, we're going to take a sharp left turn. And I think you're really going to enjoy next week's as well. But listen, in order for more people to join the party, why don't you guys please do me a favor and share this podcast. Uh, Also, subscribe to the podcast. I know you you hear me say it every week and it's like, well, Carlos, please stop telling me to subscribe to the podcast. What does it really do? Let me tell you what it does. It tells Spotify and it tells Apple to push the podcast up. So let's do it. How about today? A thousand, right? We got lots of thousands of people that listen to this podcast. So how about 1,000 of you, which just means one of you, a thousand times, goes and subscribes to the podcast and share it. All right, friends. This is Carlos Enrique with the Guzman Chibol Cabello saying I will see you next week on another episode of Human Hope. <laughs>